Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. How do you even spell asceticism? Oh my gosh. I, I did try to text that a couple times today, and uh, that's a hard one, the S and the C. I don't know. I think that's one of the few times where I'm thankful for iPhones autocorrect, and I'm actually surprised that they even have it as an autocorrect. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> asceticism. <laughs> Yeah, that's no. I'm not going to try. No, no, don't, don't do that, Andrew. <laughs> not while, not while we've got the mics in our faces. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it live? We we are live, <laughs> and the world is trying to hear us spell words. Um, well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Vici Minimum Show. Uh, we're excited to be talking with you again, and today we've got Andrew Manaric back in the studio. Andrew was here. Um, Gosh, was that it was either season one, late season one, or early season two, talking about uh, community. And uh, Andrew's a good friend of mine, young adult, in the on the living on the peninsula, working at the shipyard. Great dude, and I'm very excited for you to be back, Andrew. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 been too long. It's been too long. <laughs> it's been too long. It has. In fact, you know, it's been too long since you've been to our house for dinner too. Yeah. Yeah, it's been way too long. I'm starving. I'm losing weight. I can tell. Yeah, I'm hungry. You're wasting away. Yeah, that's how our. And that's friend- not based off the aesthetic practices. That's just me being a terrible cook, <laughs> <laughs> or at least in comparison to Claire. Uh, it's, she, she is a darn good cook. It's kind of how our relationship got started. Was you coming over, eating our food, and uh, yeah. and wanting to come back. Yeah, that's it. I don't even honestly enjoy talking to you that much. Well, um, I know you do this just to come over for dinners. So yeah, I was actually. This is why I'm here is to get that extra invite. <laughs> you knew it'd come about eventually. Yeah, it's if like, you hung out. Long well, enough. if he doesn't ask me in person, at least maybe he'll do it over the podcast. <laughs> so then it has to happen. Yeah, now it's now it's canon. This, this has to happen. Uh, well, today we are. We, so Andrew and I. Let me paint a little backdrop. Andrew and I. Uh, what was it last year? We were finishing up about this time last year. Yep. Yep. Um, we did a program called Exodus 90, which is a really intense ascetical program um, that was made by this priest um, and a bunch of seminarians up at Mount St. Mary's Seminary. Just a really great program to try and help. It's geared, it's, it's geared towards men, though I don't see why women couldn't do it either. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Anyone could do it. Yeah. Dogs. Cats. <laughs> Everyone needs to be doing this. Everyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it, yeah, it, it 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 was awesome. It was super challenging. We had six of us in a group from all walks of life. Um, yes. And it was uh, a journey. It was a journey. Um, Why don't you talk about what the uh, what the actual practices are? Yeah, yeah. So there are. Um, a list of, I think, 14 different items, but not all of them are practices or ascetic practices. One of them is meeting in a group. That's not an ascetic practice. Well, I guess it can be um, if you don't like the people that you're meeting with. It could be the worst. <laughs> yeah. um, but some of the highlights would be um, no eating between meals, uh, no sweetened drinks, um, no alcohol, um, cold or lukewarm showers that are brief, uh, a target sleeping of seven hours no more no less i mean give and Mm -hmm. take um and uh prayer for at least 20 minutes hopefully you hit that 60 minute mark and um fasting twice a week right there's fasting twice a week um standing for meat on fridays 
No alcohol. No alcohol. Yeah, it's the works. It's the works. It's a lot yeah. of it's death by paper cuts is how I refer to it. It's a lot <laughs> of little tiny. Right. Yeah, a lot of little tiny things that individually it's like, oh, that's not that bad. A cold shower, I can totally do that. But when it's stacked up with all the other things, also exercise. You have to exercise every day. And intense and regular exercise is what that says. And no media. That's a big one. I can't even believe I can't believe I forgot about that. That's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, that one's really hard. Now yeah. that doesn't mean you can't listen to the Vici Minimum show. Yeah, obviously. always listen to that. Always yeah. listen to that every day. Um, no, but yeah, especially for young guys, um, no video games. That's uh, no Netflix. Yeah. Yikes, that's a tough one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a list of all these different practices. And uh, last year, I guess November 2017 is when the first time I went through it with Austin and. Um, Afterwards, you know, I was thought I was good to go, and here I am again, starting it over <laughs> with my housemates, and uh, it's it's been it's been really exciting. It's yeah. it's at the beginning right now, so it's all excitement. It's like, oh man, this is terrible, but we're all doing it together, so it's fun. So it's all right, yeah. Well, and I think one of the reasons why we did it. Well, there's a lot of reasons to do it, but one of the main reasons to do Exodus ninety is um, is better self mastery. And uh, and to get rid of noise and things that are distractions in your life. So um, I know a, a number of people do it to help with different addictions, whether it's pornography, uh, maybe eating too much, like lack of control eating, uh, no control with media consumption. Um, and it, it could be something like different, like trying to work on their marriage. You know, uh, we've heard of that before in groups that. Uh, marriages are having a tough time, and so you do Exodus ninety um, to try and like recenter your life because you filled it with a lot of stuff. So it's like a great purge. love stuff. Yeah, we love stuff. Love stuff, and yeah. I fill it my day with stuff all the time. And going through it already, this is only one week in, and I had the most productive week that I've had in like three months. Really? <laughs> because you, you can't do anything else. So it's like, well, I have to work and pray and read and work on. This with my group, my my fellow guys, and um, yeah, like you said, there's a myriad of reasons to go into it, but ultimately it's about clearing out the stuff so you can make room, time for prayer, for relationship with Jesus, and um, it's amazing, like once you start, you know, we are what we eat, yeah. you know, so, and so we are what we consume media-wise, so uh, we can quote things that we've seen, the shows that we've seen all the time, or maybe we can't because we binged it all in like two days. But right. you 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 are what you consume, and so when you stop consuming massive amounts of SpongeBob and, <laughs> and Super Smash Brothers, you can start to consume scripture and the lives of the saints and mm. things that actually matter. So when you speak to other people, those things can come out. Yeah, that's so creating creating room for those things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It it. I mean, SpongeBob is a funny analogy because we are like a sponge, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, like we, yeah. we are, our, ourselves are like sponges. We're just taken in all the time. And so whatever we expose ourselves to ultimately is what we're going to have to deal with and kind of contend with later. And we talked a little bit about that on the silence episode uh, last week, that it's, you know, we deal with these distractions in our mind. Um but then the more you put in, the more you have to deal with it. And what's funny, or I don't know if it's funny, but what's interesting is that a lot of times you don't realize that until you start practicing ascetical practices, 
right? Yeah, once you stop doing the thing that you habitually do, you recognize it. Uh, for, for me, it's, you know, at work, my work is great, but I work right next to the kitchen, and people oh, bring brutal. in desserts and snacks and little things all the time. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a second plate of this stuff. Oh, what is this, cake? Um, so <laughs> don't do anything bad. <laughs> yeah. And so, but but now that I'm saying no to those things, you know, you, you recognize that uh, habitual thought that you created yeah. where it's like, wow, I, I, without even thinking, I'm reaching for a donut. And it's like, oh, what am I doing with my hand? <laughs> I yeah. need to say no to this. Yeah, you start to recognize where your where your desires are, <clears throat> like the desires of the flesh, because there's a lot of things we indulge in and we don't even recognize or realize it. You know, it's just it just becomes a habit. Um, like, and and some of them don't even necessarily seem bad. You know, at the at the outset, like uh, drinking coffee, not a bad thing. You know, but when you start drinking coffee. Uh, six, seven, eight times a day, and it's like I'm Yikes. feeling down. I need coffee. Bam. You yeah. know, it's those types of things we don't we don't necessarily realize as it's happening, but we start leaning on uh, basically the desires of our flesh to kind of fill um, our happiness. And I think that's one of the coolest things about ascetical practices. They're painful, uh, but I think they're painful. The degree of pain is essentially equivalent to the degree of our attachment to that thing. So yep. for me, um, like giving up media, when we did it together, that was super easy for me because I already I, I was not very attached to media at the time. My wife and I had already kind of weeded out uh, TV, didn't really watch it that much. And mm. so um, so and this was there's a lesson that I learned here in the community aspect of this. But, you know, I'd watch the other guys like Andrew it was hard for you because you were in a house where media was always on mm-hmm. I'm like dude it's no big deal just let it go you know <laughs> but then Andrew would come in we'd meet and he'd be like yeah cold showers are going great and I'm like I hate the cold showers <laughs> I, I like I cry when I go into these cold showers because I like a steamy hot long shower <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because it's you know it's like our attachment definitely is associated with with the degree of pain that we experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going off of that um, goes back to creating that space. You know, you're kicking out the crutches Mm. that you lean on every day. And so the only thing you can do is kind of fall. (laughs) You you fall down (laughs) and the only person who can pick you up is our Lord. And then you realize Mm. like, wait a minute, I don't need those two beers after work to calm me down and de-stress me. Maybe you actually what I need is to sit in my prayer chair and just breathe and be with the Lord and ask him to come into my life and let him know what I'm experiencing. Let him know the anxieties that I'm experiencing, the stresses that I'm experiencing, and let him move. Let him support us. Mm. You, you, you can't help but rely on him when you take away all of the things that you're saying that are neutral. They're not even, not, all of these things aren't even bad. Right. Like uh, within their moderation. But we don't realize that we are out of moderation until it's too late. It's like, yeah. we don't realize, um, like, for example, be, being out of shape, you know, like you're putting on the same clothes, you know, over and over again. And they're getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And someone might, maybe a family member, be like, hey, are you, are you getting gaining weight? Are you okay? And it's, it's, 
it's a little too late from when you should have started to exercise and do all those things because you don't realize it. So, cause you didn't do those things in moderation or I didn't do those things in moderation or something like that. Or same thing with, um, alcohol or media. It's like, you don't realize you're consuming as much as you are until you hit that, maybe that breaking point of like, Oh my gosh, do I really have to have my headphones on at work all day? Right. And that was me. I did. I did. I was like I'm consuming podcasts or listening to music or just doing anything. And rather than relying on, you know what, Lord, I'm distracted, but I'm trusting on you to help me focus and get this project done or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think there's a way of identifying what those things are. You know, it's what do you what do you fill the void with? Uh, like when there's a time of quiet, when there's a time away from what um, – you know, whatever duty you have to do, uh, whatever hobby or task or whatever, you know, when that's done, where do you immediately go to, to find, to fill that void? Um, I've found for myself, it's kind of embarrassing actually, but I was off Facebook for like four years Mm -hmm. and I got back on doing stuff with, uh, with this ministry and with, um, with the church and different things. And I found so quickly, I've like old habits die hard, man. I mean, from four, four or five years ago, like, I'll just sit, and in the evening, it gets quiet, you know, the kids are finally in bed, I sit down, grab my phone, bam, it's on, like, almost without thinking, again, this habit is here, and I've realized this in the past couple of weeks, like, whoa, hold on a second here, I thought that I was beyond this, and that's always when everything goes wrong, is when you think, I'm beyond this, it's not going to oh, yeah, harm me anymore. No, you know? it's totally neutral, I've got control over it, I can just consume it all day, and it never affects anything, totally. <laughs> Exactly. For me, for yeah. me, like uh, sports, we didn't mention that. You're not allowed to watch oh, sports yeah. alone, which is good because I dominate sports media. I crush <laughs> it. I consume it nonstop. I, I know who's who. The Ohio State Buckeyes are recruiting in high school, like sophomores. I don't even. Why do I need to know that? But I, I that's I think, what I, I turn to. Dominating you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I have no control over myself. Um, but th- but that's what I would turn to, and now I notice I, I got a uh, I turned on the Screen Time app on your phone. It oh. measures like how many times you unlock your phone, how many times you at home, Ooh, what scary. what are you spending your most time on your apps. It does it per hour, and then a weekly report. And I'm just writing them down and very embarrassed at the amount of times that I'm on certain apps and things like that. And I've noticed that I'll just I just hit the hit the unlock button. And just look at the phone. Just look at the screen. Because I can't do anything else right now because I've, you know, Exodus 90 or these ascetic practices that we've decided to take in as a group of guys forces me to realize that, oh my gosh, I'm just, this is a crutch. And I, even though I'm not looking at anything, not even my, my beloved recruiting reports of Ohio State <laughs> football, I'm just looking at my phone because it's, it's still there. It's still yeah. my crutch. Well, that's one of the interesting things that I thought about uh, um, Exodus 90 was, was a little bit of the psychology behind it. Um, now, Andrew and I are not psychologists, so if we say something wrong, we can't be held responsible for this. But they talked about Yeah, it. don't put me on this. <laughs> You're not included in this. Um, but they talked about how it takes uh, 90 days to rewire your brain. Uh, that's one of the reasons why it's Exodus 90, is for 90 days, because we what can happen depending on what we're dealing with you know if it's something like something heavier like pornography or maybe a substance abuse or something like that your frontal cortex can actually get fried from too much dopamine 
you know, and mm. you start like not being able to make decisions well. The your frontal cortex is the like the executive of the brain, so that's what's making all your decisions. So then you dump all this uh, this dopamine on it, and it starts to get fried. So your brain reroutes and it starts making decisions in more of a central part um, that's responsible for impulse. Gotcha. So it's um, it's like okay, th- we're gonna turn off the decision making and let's just go instinctual on this. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so you start making decisions there. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like uh, my hunch is, again, not a psychologist, but my hunch is why we do those crazy things when we sit down and it's like impulse. You know, we're looking for that, the next shot of dopamine. We're looking for the next, like, enjoyment, the next little high. Um, so, well, I'll turn on my screen. Maybe something will be there. And maybe I got a notification. Yeah, maybe, maybe something happened. <laughs> Did we get that running back who was going to go to Alabama? <laughs> no, we didn't. That's sad. Oh, man, someone's been checking their sports. No, 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 no. Busted on the mic. Uh, Fact check me. Take it to the stats department. They will show that I'm not. But going off the psychology thing, so another sports reference, but Virginia Tech's basketball coach, awesome guy, Buzz Mm. Williams, he's got some great stuff. He talks about how a lot of people will say it takes 21 21 days to kick a bad habit, to not do it. But really Mm. what it does is it takes 21 days to recognize that instinctual impulse. And then he says it takes an additional 60 days or like 65 days to replace that. So instead of that instinctual thing saying, oh, uh, there's a donut, I want the donut, to replace it like, I know that's a donut, I don't want it, and I don't even have to think about it anymore. Mm. And that's roughly, I don't know, like close to 90 90 days, days. and that's what Exodus 90 is working on. So there is, yeah, there's definitely a psychological element to it. And... um, you you see it you see it right away you you recognize where your impulses are and that's yeah. interesting you're about the frontal cortex just being yeah we, we want to sh- shut it off because it's a shortcut we don't have to get creative to solve our problems of stress anxiety we can just be like you know what no food alcohol that'll solve it yeah you know that'll be fine and then what we do is well we become less than human. Um, Fulton Sheen says, man is, uh, what did he say? No man is ever really happy on the inside unless he is at war with himself. And, uh, and that's kind of the war that we're always with is between our reason and our, our instincts. And so when we, when we decide to in, indulge in our instincts, when we put those first, all the desires first, like we, we grab our phone and we look at it. Um, we go grab a beer really quick without even thinking about it and drink it. We then use our reasons, secondly, to justify why we did what we did. Gotcha. So the first thing is instinct, then reason kicks in, and it needs to be flipped. It needs to be flipped. Yeah, we need to be, like you were saying, after 21 days, you recognize it. Now, your reasons wor- your reason is working, because you can look at it and say, what is this thing? And it's creating some sort of desire within me. Now let's assess this. Do I need it, or do I not? You know, what are the consequences of all of this? And that is when we're human because Mm. we're actually using the faculties God gave us. Yeah, it's not instinctual as in the animal world or we are actually making the decision for ourselves. Going back to the war at war, um, discomfort, ascetic practices build discomfort um, and it makes that war a little more real. Mm. And that's how you have growth. That's why he says, he says, I'll never be happy or what is it? Yeah. Never uh, be happy. He'll never, 
really be happy on the inside. Yeah, yeah. because we're not happy unless we're growing, unless we're loving, unless we're doing these good things. But those require us to say no to those instinctual things. Yeah. So we have to be at war within ourselves at all times. But the beauty is that we don't have to win the victory because Jesus is working through us and filling those gaps. When we get rid of those other crutches, he's going to drive through with his grace and his love, and it's just going to naturally naturally come out of us. And what you just said is where we got the name of this podcast, Vici Mundum, John sixteen thirty three. Take courage, I have conquered the world. Like the battle has been won by Jesus already, which mm. is so such a hopeful thought, you know, that as we're at war with ourselves, recognizing that he already won it, you know. Now that doesn't take away the fact that I've got a battle, but he has won. And I love that imagery you were using earlier, that you knock the crutches out, you know, because we are trying to fight in a sense when uh, when our Lord he's he's won, and so. The greatest way of fighting, I've found anyway, is when those crutches are gone and we fall in the arms of Jesus. Yeah. Like the the times where I've found any sort of progress in my spiritual life and fighting different habitual sins is when I'm like, when I finally get down and it always give takes up. me forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when when you, you give up. up. When you throw the white flag and yeah. you say, Jesus, this is way too hard for me. Like I stink at this and I need your help. Right. Uh, and then Grace. That's when grace comes. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing how successful that plan is and how easily I say no to that. <laughs> it's like, nah, I can do it. I can do, I can, I can indulge this little bit right now and handle it. Right. But it's not, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. You know, it's, it's me grabbing those crutches that I don't need anymore. And that's one of the great things I think about Exodus 90, because you have to come in contact with your own vulnerability and your own inability. Um, because you meet with a group of guys ideally three times a week uh, for like a half hour each time. It's a big sacrifice. Um, so you meet with them three times a week and you have to come face to face when you sit down and you go, all right, what are your ups from two days ago and what are your downs? You have to come face to face with, am I going to be honest and say where I messed up and what I struggled with or am I not going to be honest you yeah. know, and try to save face? And I love it because that's the more honest you are with yourself in front of God, um, and it's helpful to do this in front of guys because then you're more willing to do it in front of God or or girls, you know, I'm not, yeah, uh, guys or girls. Then you're more willing to do it in front of God because you're saying, you know, I'm I'm weak, I can't actually do this, and I need your all's help. One of the things that was coming to mind um, for a particular thing that. Um, in my group just this past week, I was like, do I really have to share that? You know, I listened to music on the way home. Like, it was only, like, 20 minutes. Like, But I, I thought of this image. I don't know who said this or, or where it's from, but basically when at the end of our life and we mm. have judgment, all of our sins are just read aloud to all of existence. I think God said that. Yeah, God said Bible. that? Yeah, yeah, one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of that Bible? You ever heard of that? Um, and, Good book. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? Better to get it over with now. <laughs> it won't surprise anybody. Yeah. I'm saying it first. <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah. you're right. And that, and that leads to... Uh, so Exodus 90 is is a way to to, yeah. to live out ascetic practices and with a community 
that creates prayer. But those three things need to be done no matter where you are. Mm. Those three things need to be done whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're in a religious life, or what have you. I mean, you, we have to be saying no to ourselves. We have to be at war with ourselves yes. to allow Jesus to, to be reminded of Jesus' victory and how we need him. And then that calls us further into prayer so we have that deeper relationship with him, that personal relationship with him that is, that is built by having real relationships with the people around us. Mm. Amen, brother. Preach it. <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's... You nailed it, man. That's exactly what it's what it's all about. It's about community, about vulnerability, um, and about uh, relying on the Lord. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day mm-hmm. is honesty. You know, how honest are you going to be with yourself, with your own ability to do something? Uh, it's funny how many guys jump in uh, to a program like this or, man, we make re- – I've, I've noticed I've been doing this a lot lately. I'll make a resolution in the morning. You know, and this is like, what I'm going to do. Yeah, today, today I I will not touch yeah. a sweet. <laughs> I can do it. It's one day. Yeah. You know, I get fired up about it in the morning. I'm like, easy. Hour Done. later, it's over. <laughs> like, well, those muffins well, aren't going to eat themselves. I know. Come on, I'm hungry. I gotta <laughs> eat it. But there's that level of honesty that we have to have to say, I, you know what? I can't. I can't actually do this. Yeah. Um, and when we are actually honest with God, uh, He he is the father of honesty. Satan is the father of lies. And so that that love, like recognizing him, gosh, I don't know. You're almost like saying, God, you are my father when you're being very honest with yourself. You know, like if you're upset, well, take it to God and, and yeah. say, this is what I'm upset about. You know, we don't have to go to God in some grandiose like, oh, Lord, our majesty. Yeah. I mean, it is good to go to God in this way. Yeah. But there's there's also an intimacy um with him of just being honest and that's what he wants to hear from us um and i think asceticism helps bring us into the honesty of who we are and who we're made to be here here any other thoughts no i i agree i agree yeah it's it's and it, and it helps with community it mm. really does it really does because one thing i will say that is very cool and this is kind of an aside and it's the last last thing that i'm going to say <laughs> But um, the realization of how how connected we are in the spiritual world. Oh, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought um, that up. In grace, mm. like when when we build momentum, like guys are saying no to this and no to this, and then other guys are like, yeah, I can I can do that. If 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 Steve and Billy are doing it, then I can do it too. But also in temptation and in our sin, um, he, he the evil one will try and throw curveballs at us and think make us think we're alone. And, um, but having the group in our group, we have a text chain and we just, someone just posts, Hey, quick prayers. And mm-hmm. everybody knows what that means. Like, and then you start to recognize in these meetings, like you said, when you're vulnerable and say, I'm struggling with this, chances are somebody else was too. And almost invariably on the same day. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. That was what was weird. And I, you know, I don't, I don't understand how. I'm sure there's theology behind that. I don't know it, but it is wild how we've, I mean, when we did it, we would like break it down to the hour and yeah. be like, man, I was struck. Like I was so tempted at that exact same time. Right. You know? And it's, and I thought it might've just been our group because yeah. of the way we were and able to communicate with each other and our prayer lives and everything like that. I've already been with these guys for a week and we had the exact same thing happen on Sunday afternoon. Wow. Four of our guys were hit with the same thing, and all of them were able to 
allow God to come in and text the group and be like, I need prayers. Hey, I need them too. And it was awesome. That's such a beautiful aspect of being part of the body of Christ is that we are all connected. We are all different members, but all one body, as Paul talks about. And so it's not surprising, really, that that happens because, of course, it's going to happen. And sometimes, you know, that's like there's – sometimes it's a motivation for me even when I find myself struggling with something, you know, like like take the Facebook thing again, an old habit. Like I'm struggling with it and it can be comforting for me sometimes to think, you know what, there's other people also. Certainly I'm not the only one, but there's other people ride my own community. And so maybe if I take a minute, step outside of myself, pray for them, you know, I find like, I find the grace to actually overcome some of these things. Yeah, we unite our suffering to those who might be suffering more. Yes. Isn't oh. that what Jesus did? Amen, man. That's so true. <laughs> That's what he did. Man. That's what we're called to do. And, and, and Exodus 90, like we mentioned before, is just, it's just a way of saying no to yourself, allowing Jesus in through prayer, and relying on the community around you. And it's just in a, in a structured way that I think is helpful. Absolutely. So, well, thanks, Andrew. This is a great conversation. I'm yeah, sure. I kind of want to talk more, but we won't. We'll <laughs> yeah. spare the listeners. We, we hit the 30 minutes, so they've, <laughs> they've heard us drone on long enough. But yeah, Austin, I, don't cut that. <laughs> I won't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, folks, check out Exodus 90. It's a great program. Definitely recommend it. Um, even just to look at it and maybe say, hey, maybe I'll try one or two of those practices. Um, one part we didn't talk about, though, is, uh, and we won't go deep into it, but I'll just say, too, is, it's important to be um, to know why you want to do it. Uh, like it can definitely become an object of vanity to do all these things. So you know, give us some prayerful thought about uh, about maybe this is a good thing to check out. Um, but either way, practicing asceticism, awesome, awesome practice. So uh, thanks again, Andrew. No problem. And uh, until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vichimundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon.